Welcome everybody to lunch hour today. I have Pastor Marty Walker from the sanctuary with us. Thank you so much, Pastor Marty, for being here. I had you scheduled months ago and we had no idea that we'd be in the middle of this coronavirus crisis pandemic. Crazy. Dude, this has been nuts. I just, <laughs> what, what is going on in the world? I think we're day four of the, uh, the isolation here. So it's, and we're, but it's out of 40, right? Isn't that what they say is the, the word for uh, quarantine? Quarantine is 40 days. That's what like quarantine that. means. Yeah. Yeah. Quarantine means 40 days. What's God been doing these 40 days? Man. Whoa. Come on. Yeah. I've heard some people liken it to um, the Israelites going through for 40 years <laughs> or Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days that God meets us in those isolation points. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, so, but I'm not going to preach. I, that's why I have you on here. So <laughs> Pastor Marty, can you let us know a little bit about yourself? Uh, I, guess, I said you were at the sanctuary, but how long have you yes. been there? And just a little bit about you and your family. Um, I have been at the sanctuary now since 1989. So I'm going on uh, 31 years coming up here on Resurrection Sunday and uh, came out here in 1989. I started as a youth pastor. I spent about 17 years in youth ministry and uh, became a senior pastor in 2000. Um, so I've uh, been pastoring here in Santa Cruz since senior pastoring since 2000. I've got four kids. I have uh, four granddaughters and another granddaughter on the way. My sorority is growing. <laughs> I have this little tiny sorority. I, I'm trying to make it bigger and bigger all the time. So, yeah. That's awesome, Tim. And then can you tell us a little bit about um, U-Turn and about you used to work at the national office too. So give us some of those, this context. Yeah. Next leaders. You, you've been a legend for Next Gen Leaders for a long time. <laughs> we, uh, we, I, I started uh, a thing called Club Ground Zero uh in our congregation and and at the time what happened was our our youth ministry outgrew our congregation the youth were the youth numbers were larger than the congregational numbers because of this outreach evangelistic outreach called club ground zero uh i then got connected with pastor jerry dearman who was down at the national office he was national youth leader and i got connected with him and he said man we we want to take this we want to take this nationwide and so we got together did a lot of strategic planning and uh, came up with the the name U Turn and uh, took that nationwide uh, had a lot of just different uh, youth ministries all across the country were calling themselves U Turn and we outfitted them um, actually strangely and it was total coincidence I promise I'm wearing one of our jackets it was <laughs> nice. the U Turn mechanics jacket. It was just it was just cold enough today. I thought I gotta put on a little something light, so I have one of those uh, mechanics jackets. I just decided to wear. I was like, oh, that's a perfect jacket for today. But so we equipped youth pastors with swag all across the country, and so a, a youth group that was ten or fifteen people had had really nice looking logos and wall art that had their name on it, and pulpits and and swag jackets, beanies, all kinds of stuff. And so we put out all the swag. So even a small youth group looked like, dang, they're looking good, you know, so <laughs> just that part of it. Uh, and then taught a style of youth ministry with Jerry Dearman. We did that for several years. And then uh, there was a transition in the youth department as well as myself. Pastor Jerry went to go uh, start in Anaheim. He started The Rock in Anaheim. And then I became the senior pastor in, at the sanctuary. So he's the Disneyland Foursquare Church. I'm the Magic Mountain Foursquare Church. <laughs> we, we started both of those, you know, kind of at the same time. So 
Yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, PM. And also Thanks you were speaking me. at our camp this a uh, couple summers ago. And yeah. So we just appreciate you um, folks on NextGen. So I'm going to go right into everything with the coronavirus, um, yeah. COVID-19. Um, my first question for you today, as all of us NextGen leaders are just faced with this right now, is yeah. how do we as a NextGen leader lead in a time of crisis? Can you just encourage us with a few things? How are we supposed to do this right now? Yeah. Um, I, I go back to um, 90, 1993, the earthquake happened here in Southern California. And uh, I was a youth pastor at the time. And man, I'm telling you, our, our community got rocked because we're up here in Santa Cruz. So we were very central to the, the earthquake itself. The overpass leading into our valley was torn down for, I think, the third time. And, uh, and so because of the earthquake. So we had a lot of crisis. But you know what happens is I was, I was a specialist among the youth. So that's, that's my area of influence. And so I cannot tell you amongst next gen leaders, you, you have to lead your flock. You are the influencer in your flock. And there are kids, whether if you're a children's pastor, there are teens, if you're a youth pastor, who are needing your specific touch. Um, I found that I had teens who are specifically thinking about the earthquake in their way. I know that right now uh, we have a small groups that are happening actually on Zoom. Uh, we're meeting small groups. Our youth ministries are meeting in Zoom and our children's ministries are meeting in Zoom. I think we had 35 teens get onto Zoom uh, last night and go, hey, we're going to have small groups. Well, see, that's that's youth ministry doing what youth ministry does. The influencers meeting the needs of those who are, are the needy. Uh, our children's ministries got together. I think there were 26 kids that got on computers in their parents' homes, you know, and our children's pastor is talking with the kids uh, from first grade. I think there were two different ones, but all the way from first graders, you know, going, I like pepperoni, but, but see, it's that <laughs> connection that, that, that our children's pastor is having because he's an influencer with children and children are like, this is what I need to talk about. And so they're talking about COVID. They're talking about what does it look like to be in isolation? You know, if you're going to be quarantined, what does it look like for you? And, and just that moment of connection, that's, that's your job as a shepherd, man. And you're shepherding the next generation. They, they need to be shepherded by you with your circle of influence. So I can't encourage you. It's not, I, I can't touch the, forgive me, I can't touch the lambs the way you youth pastors can. I don't have the language. I don't have the, 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 the influence anymore, you know, that you guys do. So I want to platform you to do that. I want to platform the next generation to do what they do. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you, Pastor Marty. And one of the things I want to add in there too, just to talk to all of our leaders throughout SoCal is the, uh, the importance of empowerment of also re reminding you right now as leaders, I feel like, cause I'm actually right now with Pastor Marty as the interim youth pastor. So I was meeting with those 35 students last night. So I don't know about you, next gen leaders. People are like, oh, things are slowing down. Things are going to be easier. You know, we're just going to relax for the next blah, blah, blah. No. I don't know about you. My life's been ramping up. I've yes. had more work. I've been working late and I've been stressed. I'm just being vulnerable and honest with you right now. And I think what Pastor Marty is saying is yes, we need to reach out to the youth to the kids, the young adults that are in our influence, but also re remember this, empower your leaders to do it too. Yeah. Empower your leaders right now. No one person can help right now and do everything in your youth or kids or young adults ministry, but we can all together make a great impact. And so I just want to encourage you right now from a fellow youth pastor, next gen leader, 
you can't do it all right now. Encourage somebody else, empower somebody else to make that phone call, empower somebody else to lead a small group. You don't have to lead it every night. Um, I was even just talking with my wife last night. I was like, Tori, can you lead next week for me? <laughs> just lead the small group and, and we'll get some other uh, leaders to, to lead portions of our small group online as yep. well. So we're not all just doing it. Um, and then plus two, just for the sake of attention span, no one wants to uh, see a talking head, the same talking head for 40 minutes on a Zoom call. So no. anyways, so thank you, Pastor Marty, for that reminder that yeah. our job to reach out. Um, also, there was another significant event that you were pastoring in, 9-11. And Ooh, I wanted yeah. to ask you about that. How did you lead through that crisis in that time? Because I think there's some parallels right now, just kind of the nation stopping a lot of us um, uniting together, but then also a lot of fear is gripping people. Yeah. So right now in this time of fear and anxiety, how can we help ourselves to stay and keep the faith, but also help others yeah. keep their faith? Uh, several pieces to that. That's a, a huge question. Uh, pastoring during 9-11 was a crisis of, uh, again, global proportions. We had people who were stuck in other countries who could no longer fly uh, during 9-11 and people who are part of our congregation going, uh, how do I get back into the United States and how do we support their family here on the ground while they're out of the country? Cause all flights were canceled for several days, um, around the world. This is another one of those global moments. And I think the big piece, the really big piece that we've got to focus on is that we don't have the answers. I, I think oftentimes the church looks to leaders and says, well, come on, we pay you to have the answers. You got to have all the answers. No, actually, I don't have all those answers. And so there's, there's, first, we have to release that pressure that says I have to be the answer person. But then secondly, the answers are here. The answers are all around us. And so I, I cannot encourage you enough to, as you were just saying, Ashton, is get with your other leaders and go, what do you think it is? So, you know, the two of us, could come up, you know, by myself, I can come up with three answers, possibilities. Two of us wouldn't come up with six answers. We could come up with 10 answers, but three of us can come up with 50 answers. So it's exponentially, it grows the more people you involve. I, I'm not saying you should get 10 people in the room, but, but to get your leaders together and say, okay, what are some answers? What are some su suggestions we can do to minister to these people? I know that during 9-11, it was really making sure that number one, people felt connected because people very much felt isolated. People feel connected, which is what's happening right now with the quarantine. But then secondly, is having to push people to the point that they, they, they need to get back into the word. Uh, the word is, has got to be our foundation. I know that sounds, uh, it almost could sound religious, but the word is our foundation. And that's where we're going to get our peace. That's where Jesus says, I'm going to give you peace. Um, and in fact, he says, not as the world gives, because they can't give it to you. Uh, but let me give you my peace um, that's different than the world's peace. And so I, I think in these times, there are people who are being gripped by fear. Uh, I, I, you know, I see the madness fighting over toilet paper. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. But, but the ability for us to, wait, 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 we, we don't function in fear. We, we don't, we, that, that fear is a virus of its own. And yeah. so let's, let's not walk in that kind of virus, you know, let's be people of peace and, and let's be people who resource one another. I, I realize, you know, this is a wake up call for many people, but in, in because of the 93 earthquake, 
my house, I could feed my, my, not only my own family, but I could feed my neighbors, my immediate neighbors for probably for a couple of weeks because of just food storage. It hasn't gotten that, but if it did, I have water storage and food storage where I can help, I can help my immediate neighbors like, Hey, it's okay, but we can be a resource in these times. The big one though, I really believe the big one is how not to function in fear. And that is, we've got to get back into the word. We've got to point our people to the word. We, we, the answers that we have have got to begin in that place, the word. Second, believing that the Holy Spirit speaking to us and through us. Let's, let's make sure that we're, we're from the word saying, what's the Holy Spirit telling us now? And then acting out on that, acting on what the Holy Spirit's telling us. Yeah, that's so good. Thank you, PM, for yeah. encouraging us to go, um, go back to him. And I back. think... Right now in this time, we want to come up with all these complex things, but really it's just how do we get people to connect with Jesus and realize in this time that he is our answer still. Um, And I know it seems kind of like the easy answer in church, right? What's the answer? Oh, it's Jesus. 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 But really in this time, it is Jesus. Let's spend time with Jesus. And I feel like as next gen leaders, I want to encourage you to, I know that, like I said a few minutes ago, we're so busy, but if we're not spending time with Jesus, if we're not getting our time with the Lord, um, then no wonder what's happening with everybody else. And so I just want to encourage you guys, spend some time with Jesus, spend some time resting and relaxing in his word and letting his peace guide you like Pastor Marty was saying. Um, We have such an opportunity. One person said that right now, how the church responds will shape the next generation, will shape Generation Z. I think right now we have such a, for such a time as this, we have this influence in this time that we can literally unite globally to see Jesus bring hope to our homes and our churches and our neighbors. So and I love Pastor Marty, last thing that you just said, I love that um, when we go through crisis, one of the things that comes out of that is that we focus more on our neighbors. And like you said, that I have food for my neighbors. And so I think that one of the things that God's doing in this time too, is helping us to think a little bit more out of the box and going, wait a minute, who are my neighbors? Who are the people around yeah. me that I can serve? Um, have you checked in on your neighbors? Have you checked in on the there's kids in your neighborhood right now. There's youth yep. in your neighborhood right now. Yes. There's adults in your neighborhood. Do you know who they are? And are you helping them? And I think just those questions that are practical, yeah, we can't maybe go far, but we can when we're walking around our neighborhood. Hopefully you're going on a walk because we're yep. still allowed to do that. You, you can say hi to your neighbor and see how you can serve them. And so anyways, thank I, you. I, I had just uh, I had met with a 77-year-old neighbor directly across the street and I said, Hey man, everything okay while you're here? Is everything, everything, do you need anything? If you need anything, make sure you let me know. His wife passed away last year, so he's by himself kind of a thing. Oh, it's like, he, he doesn't need to be by himself. I, I just told someone this morning, uh, the church, the church is always open, even when the doors are closed. So, good. so we may close the doors of the church, of the building, the facility, but the church, you and me, we're always open. We're, we're always ready to go. We want to reach out. We want to keep teach, uh, reaching people. That's good. Thank you, Pam. Well, uh, hey, originally, I want to shift a little bit. Originally, we were going to talk about the importance of just interge- intergenerational next-gen ministry and keeping mm-hmm. next-gen a focus. So I wanted to touch on that as we kind of go on to the last part of our call um, and okay. just ask you this question, because I think you've been a champion of next-gen ministry all of your life. I, what do you say that you've been, you were demoted to a senior pastor? <laughs> That's right. I took a demotion. <laughs> I was demoted to senior pastoring. Yes. And I, I and, and 
And you don't just say that. I think you really mean that. Like I really do mean that. <laughs> yeah, like, like you really felt demoted to be a senior pastor, which is just so opposite from a lot of mission leaders. You're like, oh, I have to become a senior pastor to be significant or to, no. to make a difference. And I just love that you are somebody that has reminded us that that's a lie, that really probably the most important ministries in the church are the next-gen ministries. That's Absolutely. Absolutely there. So can you talk about that? How as a senior pastor have you kept next gen a priority for all of these years and maybe encourage mm-hmm. us with some of the wisdom you've gotten for the past 30 years of ministry? Yeah, cool. Um, I, th- I think the big thing is that first we have to, we have to open ourselves to an understanding that, that, that whatever, whatever stage the senior pastor is in will be the most important ministry in the church. If the senior pastor has an infant, the nursery will be the nicest room in the entire (laughs) facility. If the senior pastor has a junior hire, he's looking at youth ministries and going, what are they doing for teenagers? If the senior pastor is a senior and he's, you know, should in retirement age, let's say, he's wondering, what are we doing for seniors? So, so you have to understand that that, that perspective, a senior pastor comes with that perspective. So I have always uh, done my best now as a senior leader, um, understood, and this, the principle is this, that it's senior pastor driven. Ministry is often driven by the guy who's at the helm, so to speak. So what I've done as a senior leader, as a senior pastor, is always making sure that I have people around me who can influence me in the areas that I'm not in. I no longer have teenagers. I no longer have an infant. I no longer have, you know, I'm not a senior. So I'm in this really wonky place where I don't know about that. But you know what? I got someone who loves old people. I mean, crazy about old people. And I'm connecting with them to make sure that I am reflecting how how we're caring for seniors. Um, I don't have a baby, but I am in the nursery almost every Sunday, walking through, talking to the people who are crazy in love with babies going, oh, right, and then listening to those ideas. Um, I, I call it staffing to my weakness, um, uh, is grabbing people. You know, I don't have that kind of gift. And so whether it's a youth pastor, whether it's a children's pastor, whether it's uh, uh, even, even people who aren't necessarily on staff, but making sure that I have people around me that can help me get the vision for those areas that I don't necessarily have the, the interaction with all the time. I try to get through our children's ministries, uh, and I think this is a big part of it, is I go through our children's ministries, I finish my portion of service, and I walk through the nursery, I talk to the workers, I go through pre-tods, I play with whatever games they're doing right now, I do a craft with the toddlers, you know, that kind of thing, and I walk through all the classes, and I'm, and I'm interacting, and so they know, oh, that's our pastor. Not, you know what I mean? Mm Because as much as I love our youth pastor, he is our youth pastor. As much as I love our children's pastor, he is our children's pastor. Young adults, pastor, whatever they are. Yes. But ultimately I'm the senior pastor, you know? And so I want to make sure that I'm going around to each of those people and working and connecting with those people. Uh, I, I'm on a regular basis talking with the children's pastor, with the youth pastor. This is what I do. Um, I think, and, and I'll put this toward you guys, I actually, I brought some props. Um, <laughs> I, I would say for next gen, the, the, one of the greatest ways that you can bring your senior pastor into the loop um, 
and and I'll and I won't say this specifically for me, but I will say it for con conversations I've had. Is senior pastors don't feel like they're like they connect, like they don't like I don't know what's going on with youth. I don't know what's going on with kids ministries. Probably one of the greatest things you guys can do as next gen leaders to bring in the senior pastor to make him a champion of your ministry. Here it comes, ready? Swag. Man, I'm telling you, look at this is what my children's pastor got me. I got this, I got this on my desk uh, two months ago. <laughs> my size. So that this is what he he gave me swag, right? And so you think I'm gonna wear that? Absolutely. So he gets me these things, and I'm like, oh yeah, my my youth pastor got me my own beanie, our youth ministry beanie, right? And and I said, and he and there were like six different colors. I go, give me the bright orange one. And I wear this. So when it gets cold, I'm wearing youth ministry swag. I'm wearing I'm wearing children's ministry swag, because now it not only says that I know about what's going on. I go, oh, those are for winter camp. Now I wear it. And I go, hey, our kids are going to camp, and I I might wear that in the pulpit or something. You know, the the VBS thing. I, when is, when's the VBS dates, but and what can I do? Can I be a part of it? Cause now I have a shirt that says I could show up and I could be a part of it. See you as a next gen leader, you made me a part of your ministry because now I got swag. You know, it's like, Oh man, I got a shirt. I got, I've had wrist thing, uh, the, the rubber wrist bands, you know, that we want. I wear, I wear them. Because I go, oh, they want me to be a part of, they're saying, hey, be a part of what we're doing. I'm like, right on, man. So a big piece is bringing your senior pastor in, understanding that it's not, it's not his ministry versus my ministry. It's, it's the Lord has put him or her, that senior pastor, has, the Lord has put them as the head of that congregation, that small C church. So that's the leader of, of this congregation. How am I serving that leader? I believe, and I'm, and I'm just saying it as a practical thing, this is one of the ways that you serve your, your leader. Give them the swag that you would give to your kids. All, all my kids got a backpack for camp. Okay, then my senior leader needs to get a backpack. And be, and they need to be wearing the wristbands. They need to have, man, we need to get them a really nice, if, if it's a, 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 doesn't matter how old, but getting patches. No, we need to get something embroidered for our senior leader with the youth ministry logo on it. And, and maybe it's more adjusted to his style of, I'll, I'll just use this as a, um, an example, but maybe a sweater, you know, and you, you get, you ask the wife or the husband, Hey, can you get me a, a piece of clothing that, that you would say, yeah, we could put the youth ministry logo on that piece of clothing out of their closet and we're going to go get it embroidered. And, you know, cause you, you wouldn't want to do that, but you could buy something too. That's specifically for them that goes, Hey, we're giving hats away to the youth. The senior leader needs to get one of the hats because they start to feel like, Oh, you want me a part of it. I cannot tell you as a senior leader, how I, how I don't feel, I'll, I'll put those in air quotes, feel like I'm uh, like, you know, I don't relate to youth anymore. But when all of a sudden the youth pastor goes, yes, you do. We need your old guy perspective to me, right? You know, I know you're, you're 56 years old, but we want to have your perspective. We need that. That's important to us. So here's a youth ministry cap. 
here's a youth ministry beanie. I go, oh, you think I'm important still? Wow. And, okay. And so now I'm going to, I'm going to proudly wear that swag. So I, I think understanding the principles I'm backing up now, understand the principles is it's senior pastor driven, whatever he thinks and she thinks is important. That's what we're going to, that's, what's going to be important. How do we show them that youth ministries and children's ministries, even if they don't have youth or children, is still the most important ministries within our congregation. And I, it's, I say this very loosely, but it should be a competition who gets the senior pastor's time and you can bribe them with swag. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Marty, for saying that. And I think that's a big thing for, for us too, to understand that it's a two-way street, right? It's a relationship. So yes. just as much as you, as you as the senior leaders reaching to us, we also need to reach to our senior pastor. Yes. So I, I'm thinking when you're talking, when was the last time did you, that you included your senior pastor in your plans? When was the last time you had a, a meal with your senior pastor, a meeting yes. with your senior pastor, um, asked their advice about your, your ministry or asked, hey, what, hey, what's your next series? Could I line up, you know, my series, Huge. your series or, you know, just things like that. I mean, I think we have to understand it's, it's a relationship. Um, one of the tips someone gave me when I first came into youth ministry was, hey, uh, bring in a notepad. And every time you're with your senior leader, write notes, write down and become a student of your senior leader. Yes. And I think that is a great, um, that's, uh, that's still what I do. Even, even when I'm in meetings with you right now, as I'm serving at, at your yeah, churches, at I'll go, hey, what, what am I learning from Pastor Marty? You know? right. um, so thank you for, for those points. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up too, you have a change in philosophy. Like I don't think I've ever seen in church yet. Um, you, and it's how you do worship and how you preach so that you have time to go to your kids ministry and youth ministry. Cause guys, it's, he's serious. Every Sunday I see pastor Marty. I mean, the kids know him. He knows almost all the kids by names. It's incredible. So you made a switch though, a philosophy switch. Can yeah. you explain that a little bit? And then how yeah. you did that? Um, and this is one of those things that uh, I was doing as a youth pastor. When I became the senior pastor, I just carried it on. Uh, but I switched the the worship and the teaching time. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a Holy Spirit thing. I, I I just think, in other words, I don't think we that this is what this is the right way to do things. This, this is what I felt like I should do. Typical congregational setting is we walk into we walk into a, a, a church service celebration service and we're singing a song and i just got done yelling at my wife because she made me late getting to church and you know and then and then found out one of the kids shoes is missing we had to go back to the house and then so now i'm registering my kids late i got him in there i'm all frustrated and i'm supposed to sing this song about how much i love jesus it's a it's a celebration song yay we're so glad to be together Look, i'm barely here let alone glad to be together then we get into a second song that talks about how i love god and I'm not even sure I love God, let alone my wife that I just got done yelling at in the car. And then the third song I get into, I'm supposed to talk about how much, how he is the holiest thing in my life. And, and he is above all. And I worship him alone. And I'm needing to repent. I need to get my head right. And so essentially, I, I, I've kind of wasted three worship songs because those songs were all done when my heart hasn't been aligned. But what it has done is it has softened my heart and it has gotten my mind in a place where I go, right, Lord, exactly right. That, that's what I need. I needed you. I should have been thinking about you this morning instead of being angry with my kids and my wife, blah, blah, blah. Well, then all of a sudden the senior pastor gets up and everybody's minds and everybody's hearts are aligned to truth because of what worship has done. 
And now they go, go pastor. I'm ready. You, you go. I'm ready to look up the scriptures. I'm ready to, I'm ready to write down whatever you say. I, I simply flipped the two around. And so what I do is I have worship first, or I, mean, I have teaching first. We have a, a praise song. I'm glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. We have that song, but then we go directly into teaching. So I kind of take the brunt of being mad at my wife. I, I yelled at my husband this morning. My kids weren't ready. We got here late. We didn't have breakfast. We're all fresh. I kind of take some of the brunt of that. So I have them laugh a little bit. I may put something up on the, uh, on the screens that's funny. Get them to laugh a little bit. Aren't you glad you made it? You know, even if they're late. See, and now we're into the service about 15 minutes or so. Even if you were late, the teaching is starting now. So the teaching starts, I go through the word, I'm opening up the word, here's what the Bible says, here's what the Bible says. Essentially, here's what God thinks about you. Now let's close, let's go talk to him about what he thinks about us. And then we go into worship times, and I'm telling you, our worship times just go, whoosh, like everybody connects on that first song, the second song they're engaged, the third song, it's deep and it's intimate, it's beautiful. So praise and worship are really energized because their minds and hearts are aligned to do just that. My philosophy changed from, should I, should I have our worship of God get them ready to listen to me? Or should I have me get them ready to listen and worship God? Wow, that's good. So I just flipped them around. I said, I think their conversations with God are more important than my conversations with them. I think what they could learn from God in, a, in an intimate moment of worship is far more than they'll ever learn from the three P's that I just put out in my outline, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> so, and then what happens is worship starts and then I go and I make my rounds and I go into the nursery, the pre-tods, the toddlers, the elementary school. I just walk right through the building, every single one of the classrooms, and I visit those classrooms. Um, the other one you were saying, by the way, uh, I was going inter to interrupt you on that, is, hey, youth leader, invite your senior pastor to come talk to your teens. Not a full-blown teaching. You got to tell them, hey, you got to take it easy. You know, <laughs> but don't do what you do in the sanctuary. But we need to hear from you. Invite your senior pastor to come into your, into your, your realm. This is your place. He's, he, she, they have given you responsibility in this area. But you know what? invite them in say hey yeah. can you come share we would love to have you share about what to do in crisis what how how we can function best in crisis it's great to have another voice but specifically the senior pastor so i want to i want to double back on that but so that that's my that's the reason why we flipped that worship and teaching so that i could be part of those kids lives so that they see me but it's also the primary purpose was allowing people to really worship in yeah. spirit and in truth that's so good. Thank you, PM. Cool. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball. One more okay. thing that I think our, our listeners um, need to know about you and something you've done. Can you talk about church anywhere but here real quick? <laughs> just because I think that's another sure. cool thing that you've done. And I think I think us millennials and Gen Zers um, and even Xers will like and appreciate this. So go ahead. Okay. Church anywhere but here is, uh, we, we say that we are one church. We always say, oh, the, the body of Christ, we, the bride of Christ. We, we talk about unity all the time. But when it comes, when the rubber meets the road, we really, well, it's our church. This is my church. And we even use that language. You, uh, you, you will find yourself using the word my, our, 
and when and we connect it to church and so i just wrestled with it i was like lord there's got to be a way you know that if i if i really believe that we are one how do i how do i present that how do i show that and so we began something that's been going on for many many years called church anywhere but here and essentially that is i put out a flyer um and it's got probably 35 church names addresses phone numbers on it all listed out and and then we close the doors of the sanctuary one sunday every year and we say go to church go be the church somewhere else go take your offering go take your kids make sure they check in uh go and be the church somewhere else and so what happens is we have those 35 churches there are our church which we're, we're not a huge church, but we're not a small church either. We're about probably six, 700 people, but we are dispersed all over the valley. In fact, I get calls usually that Sunday afternoon or Monday, people going, hey, you had your church anywhere but here. I saw your people. They were coming to visit me. And, and so we've had such a great uh, experience from it. But what it teaches our people is powerful. It teaches our people what it, what it feels like to be a visitor. Because they come into they come into our congregation every yeah, Sunday. So I know good. where the drinking fountain is. I know where the bathrooms are. I know where to sign up. I know where to check in. But a visitor comes to our congregation every Sunday. There's someone visiting who goes, I don't know where any of those things are. And what's why is she? Do you believe in women pastors? What the you know? They're, they're unfamiliar with our congregation, right? Well, what happens when I go somewhere else and I go, I don't know how to check in my kids. I don't know where the bathrooms are. How does that feel? It allows our congregation to really feel what it feels like to be a visitor. And then they come back to the sanctuary, compassionate for the people who are visiting at the sanctuary going, oh, I know what it feels like to be a visitor. Even though they may have been at the sanctuary for 10 or 15 years, they get a feel every year. So we do this every year, close the doors of the sanctuary and ask people to go to go be in in the church somewhere else go participate somewhere else that's so good pm it's been an amazing so experience yeah i love that one i think it's a good reminder even practically for us next gen leaders how is it being a, a visitor in your next gen ministry right now you Huge. know have we made a way for people for new people to come and feel comfortable and, and be included and invited and um i think those are good questions for us um i'm gonna throw you one more question thank you so much pastor marty for being on here yeah um last question is what is your encouragement to a next gen leader today? If you could just give us a minute or two, just to encourage okay. us with everything going on in the world, every, all the stuff going on, what's something to encourage us right now in this time? Um, I, it's a good curveball. I don't have the right words, so I'm going to stumble over some words it's here. It's okay. You are invaluable. You are uh, uh, integral part of the body of Christ. We need next gen leaders. Senior leaders need next-gen leaders, whether you are full-time, whether you are part-time, whether you're a volunteer, whether you are given some sort of a stipend, we need next-gen leaders, and we need you to be you. Don't be us. Don't, don't take on our ministries. No, you be you. I, I've got, you be you, boo, right? We, we need, <laughs> need next-gen leaders to do what they do. You have influence with people I don't have influence with. It, it changes, you know, when you, I can go into the fours and fives class, for instance, even this week, and I'll go, hey, everybody, look at you. And I can kind of talk so that a four and five-year-old is going to listen to me, but that ain't going to go over as well 
when you try and do that with a teenager, they know if you're just posing, <laughs> you know, so you, 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 so you gotta be you, but I can't encourage next gen enough. Next gen leaders, please, please, please. We need you to be you. We need you to do what you do. We need you to be the influence that you are with the people. Uh, and one of the people you need to influence is me. I need you to influence me. I need you to stretch me. I need you to gently and kindly be patient with me because I'm thinking, you know, silly example. I'm still thinking about cassettes and a, and a tape ministry, <laughs> and maybe I've moved on to a CD. What are, what I, are those, I, man? What are cassettes? Exactly right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but it's like, no, I need I need you guys to go. You know, I think I think that we should start giving online, Pastor. And here's why, because statistics show that and he goes, wow, I, I never thought about giving online. Um, it happened this last week. I, I guarantee we did what we did as far as hitting the, the coronavirus and the doors closing. That all happened because the next generation was leading me and we were ready to go live online, both on our website and Facebook live, because the next generation was going we should be ready for these kinds of things. And this was years ago. And I was like, okay, if you guys say so, let's do it. I don't completely understand it. And I don't know how it all works, but I'm on, I'm on, the, I'm on the roller coaster with you. I need you to do that with us. I need you to be patient with us. But next gen leader, I need you to be you and, and be an influence in my life. Be, teach me how to interact with my culture. Uh, because I've gotten old in my ways. I've, I've forgotten the new new ways and we're doing it right now during this crisis we're reinvented the church is reinventing itself even for the next eight weeks mm -hmm. but we're having to learn how to do things differently than we've ever done it before and there are some senior pastors they can get crusty sometimes i get it you know or why do we have to rah 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 you know or whatever <laughs> i don't want to do it like that you know no you know your role is super important in all of this yeah thank you so much pastor marty for just being um, open, vulnerable, humble, um, just to share your heart uh, with us next-gen leaders. And, I, cool. and last thing I will say, as next-gen leaders right now, there's so much stuff going on. I just want to encourage you to stay in your lane and do what you do best. You can burn out trying to be somebody else, but be you, like Pastor Marty was saying, and influence and love and help the students in the ways that you creatively and only have, have, yeah, only you've been gifted to do by God. So thank you yep. so much, Pastor Marty, again, for being with us today. Next Gen Leaders, we're, we're, we love you. We're praying for you. And we're believing that God has placed us for such a time as this to make the impact on this next generation. We'll see you on the Absolutely. next episode of Lunch Hour.